0: Welcome, Tales of Glory listeners. I'd like to welcome you to another interesting episode of Tales of Glory. Today's topic on Tales of Glory is spiritual warfare and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, fighting darkness with power. I'm your host, Reverend Michael Norton, the missionary at the microphone. I have my own spiritual warfare ministry, M16 Ministries, with both spiritual warfare and prophetic evangelism. And we work the streets and we go into dark places to minister to people who are usually out of reach by the church. So again, I work in spiritual warfare. I've seen all aspects of spiritual warfare. I've seen the very dark sides of it. I've I've, um, worked in um, cases of exorcism, and I've also been a counselor for um, probably over hundreds of satanic ritual abuse cases and um, people involved. And we've worked on the healings of some of those people who stuck it out, which was a very long duration, um, who actually had integrations from thousands of parts that were divided through this this process uh, they went through. Anyhow, um, I don't want to stick here. But I am an author. I'm a f- author of the Field Guide to Spiritual Warfare, uh, a Field Guide to Advanced Spiritual Warfare, and Cosmology and Demonology in Genesis 1 through 11. I've been a missionary to Ethiopia, Guyana, Haiti, Vietnam, Cambodia, and into my backyard of San Francisco and various other places. Well, enough of the pedigree, let's get rid of that. Whew. So today we're gonna be talking about spiritual warfare and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Moving in power and supernatural the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, what is that? and what, Why do we do that? And why is it important when we deal with um, hauntings and why is we deal with spiritual warfare? What What is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? The subject I'm going to talk about here is probably the most controversial subject that has literally divided churches or given them spiritual identity crises. I've been through a couple of those churches out there in my, my hometown where the Holy Spirit was moving through the church and... It was literally impeded part part by the pastors not understanding what was going on, and second, we had the um, the golf club ministry out there who wanted nothing more than a golf club or a car club, you know, and they didn't want the empowerment of the Holy Spirit because it freaked them out. And I've also seen this too when I went to speak at um, various conferences. I'd go and talk about deliverance and exorcism, and the people would just be fine there. Talk about deliverance or exorcism, but nighttime we I did a breakout session on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You literally see these arguments break out in the room on the stuff I was discussing. And I wasn't doing anything that was false teachings. I was basically just going off what's biblical when I'm going to present here today. But we have an identity crisis in the church. And as we're shouting revival, revival in the church today, churches haven't come to grips with the Holy Spirit, which is part of the revival. We have many churches that have pews of the frozen chosen. And I think a lot of them got weeded out during um, COVID. I hate to say it, but you know, God also used that too for churches that just weren't producing fruit. They withered away. You know, they're like the vine Jesus touched and uh, that it just withered. But anyhow, let's move along here. So I'm going to talk about when you're working in spiritual warfare. I strongly advise that you have the Holy Spirit anointing. That crosses several aspects. One, um, you're supposed to be there. The Holy Spirit puts you there, and it's not something you volunteered for. It's not your next level of um, Christianity to reach. And I spoke on that too, that that's that's something we don't do here. It's the Holy Spirit puts you there. And also, you have an interior prayer life. I guess I'm I'm compiling um, many past podcasts here. You have an interior prayer life, and you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna talk about a couple of these things here. So anointing is a sovereign act of God. A grace, a grace means it comes from Him. It doesn't mean like it was um do these things, looks like a transference or something like that, you know, or you know, we go to these churches and go, hey, can you transfer your anointing? Anointing is a grace from God. We don't have the power to transfer it. I'm sorry, it's just not biblical. Um, it is what it is. So a, it's a grace, it's from God. We are given a charisma. Each one of us is given a special charisma to operate in the body of Christ. All of us are different. Embrace what you were given and work in that. So a charisma is a spiritual gift that enables you to move in power through the Holy Spirit. And each one of us has been given one. We're all different. Jesus loves us all differently and he's given us gifts all uniquely so how we can interact with us through our lives and who we are. Not all of us are called for spiritual warfare. My joke is I don't have a voice for worship so he sent me over to the spiritual warfare department that's kind of like where we're at here right some people are given us um, a gift of worship you know they can do spiritual warfare through worship i do i you know it doesn't matter i'm either singing my worship in the morning and singing worship and praises it doesn't matter to me and jesus but you know i'm not certainly not qualified to get up and lead a worship team because god anointed that person to lead worship in the same manner god didn't qualify everybody to be deliverance ministers we're known we should be aware of how to do deliverance, right? We're the 70 disciples, so we should know how to do deliverance, but that doesn't mean we have a deliverance ministry, and Guy kind of pointed it out too with the 70 disciples. So in Holy Spirit anointing, the Apostle Paul outlines spiritual charismas in First Corinthians 12. Charismas are gifts from God given to individuals or intended to interlock with the work of others within the body of Christ. Again, we're working together, so we're even given a piece um, or multiple charismas, usually give multiple charismas, but some act more strongly than others. So 1 Corinthians 12, one through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you're led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one is speaking in the spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Holy Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing, 12, 1 through 11 kind of outlines by Paul in his epistles the charismas we are given as believers and they are all through the Holy Spirit. This is important because he kept saying through the One Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit. That's why we can't have Christian psychics because they're not operating through the Holy Spirit. If you are operating through the Holy Spirit, you are not a Christian psychic, period. You are a Christian operating through the charismas of the Holy Spirit. That is a difference. Therefore, do not call yourself a psychic. Because you're not. A psychic operates through a spirit medium that is other than the Holy Spirit, which is therefore demonic. Let's talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit. While Jesus was with the disciples for 40 days after he conquered death, he ordered, in verse 4, Acts 1-4, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said to you, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So we have baptism of the Holy Spirit happening here in Acts, right? Baptism of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, and it was with tongues and fire, right? We always say the Pentecostals, tongues and fire. That's what it is, Pentecost. That's where Pentecostal, right? because we believe in the movement of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of tongues and fires that happened at Acts. So Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm going to slow down here before I get into tongues, but I'm going to talk about baptisms. We see in the book of Acts that Luke outlined three different baptisms that we go through as Christians. And these are all defined in the book of Acts, mostly defined in the books of, book of Acts chapter 19. I'm going to go through this. So Acts 19.3, John's baptism of repentance of one who is to come, right? It would be Jesus. In Acts 19.5, we're baptized in water. Baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. That's number two. And number three, we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, laying on hands on person and baptizing in the Holy Spirit. And those are the three baptism baptisms are outlined in the book of acts which is it's, it's important here to understand this there are three baptisms right and we're gonna go through these gosh mike where are these at okay i don't want to pull wool over your head here and i don't want to do false teaching but let's look at it. this go directly to scripture and let it interpret the scripture here so baptism of the holy spirit acts 19 1 through 7 outlines the three baptisms verse 1 and it happened that while apollos was in corinth paul passed through the inland country and came to ephesus there he found some disciples and he said to them did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed and they said no we have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit verse 3 and he said into what then were you baptized they said into John's baptism okay John's baptism right verse 4 and Paul said John baptized with a baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him that is Jesus so that's the first baptism right Baptism repentance. Here we go. Verse 5. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's number two. Right? They accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and they were baptized into it. Verse 6. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. There were about twelve men in all. So that's number three, the baptism of the Holy Spirit's right there. So it's in Acts 19. Verses 1-7, through seven, go check it out for yourself. There it is right there. So what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's an empowerment through the Holy Spirit. Empowerment through the baptism of the Holy Spirit includes additional charismas, the gift of tongues to operate supernaturally under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. There are spiritual upgrades for carrying out our assignment of the Great Commission. Why do we need tools for Great Commission? Remember, back to... Genesis 11 Babylon <laughs> my puppy's ears here, here. alright there she is because at Babylon God divorced the nations right there were seventy nations God divorced the nations and only kept his portion the Hebrews and the rest became the Gentiles he divided their, their languages so they couldn't do this again this is important because this is part of tongues when we speak in the gift of tongues, we speak in supernatural mysteries. There exist two forms of tongues, capital T tongues and lower T tongues. Verse six, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So let's look at this. Capital T tongues it is the charisma of speaking and hearing foreign languages of which you have no prior knowledge. Let's look at Acts two, five through 13, verse five. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews devout men from every nation under heaven. Get that? That's back a reference back to we're dealing with um, the divorce from Babylon, right? Devout men from every nation. There's people from every nation here. Okay, so let's move on to verse six. I'm, I'm in, that was my injection right there. I want you to see this what happened from the divorce of Babylon to here, because this is a this is a culmination of um, Jesus repairing it after His work on the cross. So verse verse six. And at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language verse 7 and they were amazed and astonished saying are not all these who are speaking G- galleons and how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language verse 8 and how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language Parthians, Medes and Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and other parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking yelled, They are filled with wine. Right, so the ones that didn't feel the Holy Spirit were mocking others, oh, they gotta be drunk. No, they were hearing each other prophesying about God and saying things about God in their own native languages. This is the gift of the capital T tongues. So again, I'm gonna tie this back to the Great Commission. This is also an event of the Great Commission where the languages are no longer divided among the children of God. Kingdom restoration of the Edenic vision that was divided in Genesis 11 at the Tower of Babel, right, where God divorced um, the nations. This is kind of interesting here because I've seen this in action. I've always prayed for this too. I've had smart things like, Jesus, can I at least have the gift of capital T tongues as I go as a missionary? I had a good friend who is an interpreter in Cambodia who was given the gift of capital T tongues, and that's how he became an interpreter for Americans and other foreign people. I don't know if it's just English he was given the tongues with or others, but. When I first had him as an interpreter, I, he was so good because a lot of times you have people interpret things you have no idea what they're interpreting and they could be interpreting things bad for you. You're sitting there going, what's going on here? What's this, what's this person saying? But just for fun, I made a joke and he interpreted it and the, the um, Cambodian audience laughed. You know, oh my God, this guy's doing a good interpretation. So I had a chat with him afterwards. I go, what's going on here? He said years ago he was sent to infiltrate underground church to, um, to break it up you know, and um, get some of the people arrested. And he said that uh, that night he went home and he had a fever. And when he woke up from the fever, he realized the Holy Spirit was real. He was able to start interpreting in capital T, tongues. So um, this is a case where hands weren't laid on him, but you know, the Holy Spirit worked through him and um, baptized him in the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of a cool story. I've seen this in other things, too. I've heard in other churches, too, where somebody was... Um, prophesying in tongues and some person from like nigeria who's in the audience saying hey how do you know nigerian or whatever languages right they go i don't they go when you're prophesying tongues you were speaking perfect nigerian i heard what you were saying they're going what so this stuff does work you know but again it's under the grace of god right he gives out the gifts and he'll dispel it as he pleases so um you know i'd love to have that gift but you know hasn't showed up yet (laughs) But thank God for Him providing interpreters have the gift of capital T tongues. That's been just as viable and important. So this does exist. You know, like a lot of people are always freaking out about tongues. It's not real. It's a voice of the devil. You know, <laughs> see a lot of Catholics do. Not excuse me, not just Catholics. I mean, a lot of Baptists out there too. The tongues don't happen anymore. That's demonic. Like no, you just don't realize the power you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. There is times where it's demonic. That comes in because the person subjugated themselves to demons and they're oppressed and when they speak in tongues, it comes out demonic and I've heard that too. But the language is different. Remember, this is speaking mysteries of God. You're speaking God's language, angelic language to God. When it comes out demonic, it's their own language and you just want to go, it sounds disgusting, want to throw up. Ah, empowerment through the gift of tongues with lower T tongues. Tongues speaking in mysteries to God. That's the one most of us get when we get um, baptized in the Holy Spirit. So lower T tongues is the charisma given to all baptized in the Holy Spirit to speak supernaturally in ministry. You are speaking to God in his language. Where is this at? It's in 1 Corinthians 14.2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. So in spiritual warfare, when we don't know what to pray, we i use tongues right if you have a situation going on and you're not getting anything so god's not giving you discernment what, what spirits it is or what's happening or anything or sometimes god just trying to be polite god will do that god will be um god will honor the person too if they, they feel like they are be shamed he'll honor them and we just cut over to tongues and when we do this when we cut over to tongues we are surrendering to the holy spirit that he knows best what to do we're not operating in man's will we're operating in the will of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we pray in tongues. So Romans 8:26 to 27 verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. for We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Verse 27. And he who searches hearts knows that it is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So if you're stuck you know what's going on just lay hands on a person and pray in tongues um, i've done this before with a person that would, um was possessed and i remember the demons coming up just shouting stop it stop it we hate that we hate that you know because it was just nailing them god was nailing them with stuff i've also seen the opposite too so if you're in a spiritual warfare environment and you're casting out demons um, i think all of us ministers have this who are pentecostal ministers where a pastor would shut down the prayer because we we're praying in tongues, cast out a demon. You know, laying hands on it, do it quietly. The pastor would come. Well, nobody's interpreting your what you're saying here. And it's like, well, no, I'm the Holy Spirit's interceding for me. Well, I can't have that. I gotta shut this down. You know, they'll come in and reprimand you in your office and tell you what they know about tongues, and they themselves can't really speak tongues or know what the, the whole deal is. And I've had this happen to me, and my colleagues, and one of my colleagues, it was devastating to. Um, it really threw him off spiritually. Because they thought they were in trouble, and it wasn't. God called in the sheepdog pastor, not the shepherd pastor, the sheepdog pastor, to go bite the wolf. And the pastor pulled the sheepdog off and let his um, flock get attacked. That's what's going on. So... I try to be mindful now. After the, each one of us had this incident happen to us, and it was very painful. It's like, what the heck? What's going on? I'm gonna go off and talk to God about this. So now, if I'm about to pray in tongues, ask the pastors. Is it okay, if I pray in tongues here, they go, oh, yeah, go ahead. You know, then I'll do it. If not, then I'll just quietly do it to myself and lay hands on it. You know, so it's it's not coming out of me, or just do it uh, muddling quiet, so it doesn't need interpretation. But you know, it's just it's how ridiculous we get and. In this incident, there were demons coming out of this person and then I, I know the demon summoned the pastor. That's how it works, right? The, the demon summoned the pastor to be the spirit of distraction. So, and a lot of times it happens with narcissist pastors too, you'll see this happen because they're not in control of the deliverance and they come over, what's going on here? I'm gonna take over. Um, I've had that a lot of times with cleansing streams, which is why I'm no longer a part of that. There was just too much pride pastorship there. Anyhow, that's where this is powerful. You're walking through a house that has a haunting you hear something groan or growl? Pray in tongues, you know? Like, oh no, you just didn't. You know, you know, go through and pray in tongues, right? Um, and, and do it that route, and that's how it handles stuff, because that's, that's you know, again, that's why we don't go through and burn sage, right? We have the charisma as the Holy Spirit. We have the stuff inside us. Again, I, I keep sharing so many times, too, where the, um, you know, one of the ex- Roman Catholic exorcists is saying, why don't you use a crucifix, right? And it goes, I follow St. Teresa of Avila, she said. You know, you are the temple. That's what Paul said, right? It's in the it's in the Bible. We are the temple of God. I don't need a crucifix going to a haunting when I am the vessel carrying the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Right? It's a, great. It's a symbol of God. That's fine. It's perfect. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I don't need it because I'm walking in the faith and the trust of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who dwell in me. And I can use my charisma to go against evil because he has given me everything I need to go against evil. Right? So that's my case for that. We were walking the power of the Holy Spirit with the gift of tongues. Very important. So, again, speaking in tongues, spiritual warfare. Speaking in tongues in battle will glorify God. Why? Because God is doing the battle. Right? Let God fight the battles for us. The prayer posture is yielding to the Holy Spirit that demons don't like that because oh my gosh this is a man of God he's not listening to stuff we're throwing out and trying to solve this himself and working his under power he's saying you know just forget you guys I'm dealing you know we're, we're having a conversation with the Holy Spirit right now and Jesus and I'm gonna let them to kick you out so that's where we're at with that guys right it's, it's a prayer posture where we surrender to God and I strongly suggest if you're into spiritual warfare or learning spiritual warfare Go get baptized in the Holy Spirit so you can walk in this empowerment. Tongues is very powerful. It's very powerful in prayer, too. Because you'll have trials and stuff where you don't know what's going on with you or what's being happening or what's going down. And sometimes they'll sit in tongues and play my worship music and just pray in tongues to God. To, you know, This is what's going on. God, get me out of this thing, whatever this is. What else do we have here besides tongues? Empowerment to heal the sick through the Holy Spirit. Ah, now through the Great Commission, you know, he, before you had the um, baptism of the Holy Spirit, you still were given authority over sickness and disease, right? But here, we're talking about empowerment. We're talking about some upgrades that come through the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to refer to Acts 5 15 through 16, where Peter's shadow healed the sick. He wasn't even praying, right? It was just um, the Holy Spirit in him. Verse 15, so that. They even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least by his shadow, might fall on some of them. Verse 16, the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So just what Peter was walking in his empowerment, the Holy Spirit, demons were being cast out, people were being healed just by his shadow passing by him, right? So it's an upgrade and it's it's not just hey here's an upgrade you know you got a better weapon to fight with and this empowerment you're upgrading to by you're working deeper in your prayer life to go deeper with jesus that's what it's about right the demons don't want to mess with somebody who has a deep prayer life with god because they know jesus right and it's, it's not like oh i'm going go to deeper prayer life, get empowerment so my shadow will heal people that's not what peter was praying about peter was spending time with jesus just one-on-one like wow this is great you know this is my time. I'm so glad to have time reserved with you and talk with you, and just to hang out with you and be with you. And you know, it, they had this relationship together, and that's how he got this empowerment of healing people, you know, just by walking by their shadow falling on them. It was just amazing. So I want to put that there. This is not like hey, you know, like, like a video game, right? I got these upgrades right now. I'm going to go do stuff. No, there's there's some work involved here. So. You get baptized by the Holy Spirit, yeah, you get your um, gift of tongues and stuff and other things going on here and prophecy. and But there's work you have to do on yourself to grow and mature and go deeper in this. And there's gonna be a lot of warfare involved too because the enemy is gonna to wanna to stop you. Why? Because all this is about the Great Commission and re- returning the 70 nations under the fold of Jesus Christ. So empowerment and boldness of the Great Commission, right? That's what we're trying to do here. Embold- emboldeness, and testimony i want to go back to stephen's boldness and testimony while he's being stoned to death in acts 7 54 through 60 right gosh michael well, you go into this kind of a morbid one but it's a pretty powerful testimony and the emboldenment the holy spirit so let's look at um Acts 7 verse 54 now when they heard these things they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. Verse 55, but he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Verse 56, and he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Why did I highlight standing at the right hand of God? Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. And during this testimony where Stephen was going to be stoned to death, he went to death, holding firm to the testimony it says he's being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed up, right? So I believe we're seeing a scene where Jesus is looking down on Stephen, giving him, well done, right? I'm standing. It was an honor thing, because he's being stoned to death, that Jesus stood at the right-hand side of God. So there's some amazing stuff here. There's power and testimony, and there's power of, of who you are, that we stick to the truth. We don't need to fabricate stuff, because it's all true. What I'm telling you is all true, and I will stick with it to my death, even if it means you're going to stone me to death. And that's where Peter's mindset was because he had a relationship with Jesus Christ. I keep pounding that in you guys, right? No God, no God, no God. You know, I don't want you guys to be a depart me, I didn't know you because you guys have these charismas and wow, we prophesied for God and we cast out demons. That's where a lot of these paranormal people are. I'm sorry, it's because we're not supposed to be there. We only get called out to places that the Holy Spirit send us to. So if there's a haunting the Holy Spirit sent us there, in the family there once, rid of those spirits in the house, then we go. But we don't take our toys, we don't take our little meters, we don't take our little REM pods. And I, I spoke about this last time um with the uh the Ghost Brothers. You know, I love that show and I love those guys. They're Christian, but they're doing everything wrong. Sorry, I know it's getting them notoriety, but they're gonna have to come to a point too, where they're just gonna they're gonna come get to a point. I know Marcus is too. He's a spiritual man where he's gonna figure it out and he's gonna repent for the show. He's gonna repent for being on the show. I'm sorry, it is what it is. I'm not harping on them. I love those guys. You know, I'd like to see them do some more Christian stuff because they have a mantle to, through God. God gave them something. So start acting Christian, right? It's, it's it's not it's not being on a pedestal here. It's just they should show that Jesus they work with has all these cool things. They don't need those stupid REM pods and you know, all you know, those other stuff, right? I don't think they ever went in there and cast it out of spirit. They just went there to talk to spirits. So again, they're necromancing. That's why they're in trouble. I know a couple of times too, um, I worked with some Catholic priests you know was working intercession for him and he went into a haunting and the Holy Spirit told us right away to shut down your intercession stop 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 um, and I texted the guy I'm going I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit stop you know stop what I'm doing stop what I'm doing here what's going on you guys okay You're being attacked and the priest sent back yeah our psychics being attacked and I sent back why is there a psychic in the house with you you know and so I said, that's it, we're done, we're bailed, we shut down the operation. I didn't realize that guy, the priest, was doing an exorcism in the house, bringing a psychic with him. He's like exercising demons and bringing a busload of demons to the psychic. You know, it's just, and it happens a lot on the East Coast. See a lot of these East Coast exorcists, the old school ones through, you know, and like that worked through like Lorraine Warren and those people. And they're just in violation of their faith. I'm sorry, it is what it is. So I got sidetracked through the Stephen story let me finish on. So let me finish on through Acts 58 through 60 about Stephen's story. So we have Jesus now standing up at the right hand side of God during the testimony. Verse 57, but they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. They cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witness laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit falling to his knees he cried out with a loud voice Lord do not hold the sins against them and when he said this he fell asleep so that was Stephen's testimony right kind of morbid but it paints a point too that you know he's seeing that this whole battle going on spiritual battle and he became a martyr and Jesus standing up the right hand side of God he's look like up in heaven there's Jesus standing up for him like an honor while his life's being being stoned right there's a lot of depth to this I know if I deal with our a ritual abuse person like, that was mean. Jesus let Stephen be stoned. It's like, no, there's a lot more in-depth going on here. You could actually break out an entire sermon on what's going on here. You don't want to go there. takes a lot. I just want to stick with the fact that I want you to see the picture that we have an emboldment for testimony to the Holy Spirit, like Stephen did here, up until his death. And if we ever get persecuted here, which is looking more and more like it in America, we're getting more that direction. It's you know, maybe more of these stories too. America happening I hope to God not but it could happen again I think a lot of false prophets out there yelling revival revival it's not here yet we have too many messed up churches and too many churches have frozen chosen that we're allowing a lot of um, worldly garbage into our church that God's offended by empowerment and prophecy for the Great Commission John 4 and the woman at the well so what's happening here so this is called prophetic evangelism, what Jesus is doing here, it's some of the stuff I do when I go into dark places. And the woman with the well was just a great example of how Jesus did this. A lot of us Christians will like, like when I go in homeless ministry, I'll take new people on the streets and they're going, I keep telling them, don't tell the homeless guy they have an addiction because they already know their sin. You know, don't point your finger in their face, they already know it, they're not gonna listen to you. Just reach down inside and stay quiet for a second, still yourself. And ask God, what can I share with this homeless person? A lot of times a story will come up or something will come up about a person that touches their heart and sways them to Jesus Christ. And that happens here, like um, with the woman at the well in John 4. I'm going to start at verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because, because of his word. They said that the woman it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world." I said there's powerful things in, in prophetic evangelism, and that's what Jesus is doing here. You know, it's it's just he was gentle with the woman, he spoke to her to her heart, and it touched her, and she went back and told the other people, and they could see the emotions in her face too, like, wow, yeah, tell us this story. We've never seen you like this before. That's a lot of stuff too we go into the um, we do the, use this sort of ministry when we go into um pagan festivals or you know or we go into new age fairs we'll use the prophetic evangelism very similar to John 4 Jesus tell us something about this soul sitting in front of us and he'll tell us stuff you know we not to you're into witchcraft shame on you you know and just God will tell us something that cuts through the red tape right away and it's very profound and it's very gentle and it's to their heart and something that means something to them And it's out of reach of us. And like, how are you guys doing this? Are you psychics? And and then we go, no, we're we're talking to your creator. As they open up more like, well, who is this creator? You know, they'll open up dialogue for evangelism because we got a door open with them. And they'll start telling them, well, we're actually talking to Jesus. They're going, what? (laughs) You know, because it's very calm and a dialogue set up. And you listen to them. They listen to you. All right. It's not like you shake your fingers. You're going to hell. That really doesn't work. I'm just, you know, those guys on the streets, you know, even as a Christian, you, you drive by the street corner, the guy with the bullhorns, you're going to hell, repent, repent. Even as a Christian, you're going, turn that off, man, that's horrible. You know, so that doesn't work. It does not work in this generation. It doesn't. So, closing thoughts Empowerment of the Holy Spirit in spiritual warfare. You must be empowered in the Holy Spirit if you're going to be a minister in spiritual warfare. Because so many dark things will be coming after you. You're going to have a target on your back. That's why I said only come into this ministry if. Jesus brought you into it. What does that mean? You were drafted. How the heck did I get into this ministry? That's kind of what your thing is, right? How did I I get into this? You know, I keep getting stuff my way and I didn't ask for it. It's kind of like you're being drafted. So how do the charismas of the Holy Spirit separate us from the paranormal investigators and psychics? We covered that. You can still yourself and listen to the Holy Spirit and you're going through a haunting. You don't need a REM pod. You can feel pressure in your body that can act like a compass that can lead you to the areas that are defiled or have some spiritual activity in them you don't need the rem pods you don't need your meters um god gave us built-in meters man it's through the holy spirit so what obligations does this impose on the minister I, i mentioned that like that one catholic priest back east he went to do an exorcism on a house and brought a um a psychic with him and we were told through the holy spirit to shut down because the 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 priest was in violation he defiled the house You know, God wasn't gonna do an exorcism on that house and the psychic was being attacked, right? Common sense stuff. Why didn't the priest know this? Why didn't the priest know Deuteronomy? You know, he went to seminary school. It's just how Satan deceives us and lies to us and makes us forget certain things we need to remember. You know, we can't throw out the Old Testament because what the New Testament is doing is proving the Old Testament. So you can't throw them out. A lot of that stuff is still valid. Ah, asking for baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's do a spiritual exercise. One thing i want to say here is some things i've seen quite a bit too i've seen people when i pray for them show up time and time again can you baptize me in the holy spirit so i get the gift of tongues and i'm sitting there going we well, gave you the gift of tongues last time oh i know but i don't think it was real it shut down so if you've been given the gift of tongues before and you let the enemy talk you out of your gifting repent and go back to using the tongues right um, it's just I've seen it so many times I had one individual just irritated me oh yeah I was praying in tongues but then I heard it was demons and they they said it wasn't them you know it's like you let the demons talk you out of this is that what happened because they don't want to hear you praying in tongues hello you know so don't let demons talk you out of this it's it's very powerful this is kinda of funny because when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit I was not in a spirit-filled church they called themselves spirit-filled church they didn't baptize in the Holy Spirit. They didn't pray in tongues. A lot of times, you know, you're in a Spirit-filled church. They're praying in tongues during congregation, right? Let's pray out loud. You know, the, the the pastor will orchestrate it. And if you're in a congregation that's going, oh, you know, stop this, stop this, shut it down now, stop it. You know, it sounds like a Monty Python thing. Oh, stop it, stop saying tongues, nee nee. You're in one of those churches, then they they're not operating the the, the power of the Holy Spirit. They're just playing church. You're in the church of the frozen chosen, and I've sat through one of those too. Anyhow. When I was in one of these, there was I learned about baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it wasn't really taught because of this identity crisis in the church. It was a golf club. So I remember I, um, I was at home one morning. I was on my exercise bike praying to Jesus to have my moment talking with him, praying my worship music. And I'm going, Jesus, I have nobody to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I don't know where to go. You know, it's just, what do I do? I was like, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want the gift of tongues. I remember just slowly slumping off my exercise bike and, you know, gracefully falling on the floor lightly. And then I came off the floor and I was kind of praying in tongues. It was all jittery, like big You know, it was, it was kind of dorky sounding, right? It was very simple, very like uh, I sound like you know the gods must be crazy. It was kind of like that, right? It sounded like the gods must be crazy, guys. If you ever know who that movie is, and that's what it sounded like for me. And it, over time, as as we develop, like children develop a language with God, we work on it, and we develop a relationship, the language develops more. So don't worry if it's gibberish at first. Let it develop. So what I'm going to do here this is we're going to exercise with practice for the gift of tongues. So again just still yourself. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I'm God. I just want you to relax. Sit in your easy chair. Of course you were driving. Don't do it while you're driving. Play it when you get home. Be still and know that I'm God. And let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for Acts 2 and the Pentecost and the gift of tongues and fire that came in Acts 2. And God, I want I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, can you just lay hands on the person right now who's praying? Jesus, lay hands on me. Lay hands on me, Jesus, you're the head priest. Lay hands on me, God. Just reach through heaven lay hands on me. And I ask for the gift of tongues. Holy Spirit, just come baptize me. Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. I surrender to what you're doing. I surrender and understand what's going on. I want to operate in the empowerment. I want to be part of the Great Commission. I want to go out and evangelize. And I want to go out and bring the nations back into you, God. I want to bring the nations back into you. And I know I want to speak in the gift of tongues. I want to speak in mystery so I can receive your information. That when we encounter the supernatural, while I'm bringing back the nations, God, that I speak in tongues and mysteries to you, and I just open my heart to you. I'm just letting it up now. I'm just going to let up my voice, whatever I'm feeling, just kind of release it to you and just let it come up. Shamaraka. Shabagara. Shamakata sana. Let it come up. Just let it come up. Let the gift of tongues come up. Shibakata Whatever sound it is, just let it just relax. Just, just relax. Holy Spirit fill that room. Fill that room. Fill the room, Holy Spirit. We ask for your gift of tongues. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Just let it come up. It just takes time. Let it come up. Thank you, Jesus. Let's let the words come up. What's coming up? Let, just Let just Let the sound come up. Maybe an initial sound. Maybe a baby sound. Who knows? let it come up thank you Jesus Holy Spirit come and just fill this person give them the baptism of the Holy Spirit thank you Jesus maybe you want to continue with this and put on some worship music and just pause it here Let's go ahead go ahead there you're spending time with Jesus spend time with Jesus Jesus we ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit just lay hands lay hands down through heaven thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. And sometimes it takes time too. Maybe take a couple of times. Don't get frustrated. But we know it's happening. We know it's coming through. It's the truth. Just let the Holy Spirit come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna go ahead and shut down the spiritual exercises. Want to show you how to do it. You know, I was on a spin bike, just asking a stupid question. Like, you know, how am I supposed to get baptized? You know, let it come. And let me tell you something right now it's a very subtle experience it's not like oh my gosh you know because a lot of people think i can't be having the baptism of the holy spirit cause i'm not having this um supernatural magnificent you know spiritual experience right now you know it's many times it's not it's just jesus is subtle he's just gentle right the holy spirit just comes in the holy spirit's order It can just be very peaceful in the room and you're just receiving it quietly and that's how it happens many times you know and just like I said, we have the fake it till we make it's out there in church who will put on a big show like, oh my gosh, you know. it just, who knows, maybe just sitting there crying or weeping. That's a baptism of the Holy Spirit, too. Just let the sound come up. Work with them. Work with them in prayer. Let it, I want my sound to come up, Jesus. I want my, my, my mysteries to speak to you, God. I want those to come up in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. All right. In closing, again, I have announcements. Um. I'll be returning to um, covert prophetic evangelism ministry. Now you guys know what this is now, right? Um, field with Cindy McGill in 2023. Cindy McGill is with the um, Elijah List, right? And she's a pretty cool uh, minister out there who goes to Burning Man and goes to pagan festivals too. Um, kind of like well, does the stuff I do. So she invited me out to go with her to a very dark ministry arena in January of 2023. And a lot of times I go as the spiritual warfare anchor person because this place is dark where we're going and usually right now I have a war chest full of money I have no money I'm trying to pay for plane tickets and other things right now Um, I have to pay for my housing and other things going on I only have a few hundred bucks to do this on and I need a lot more than that Um, ballpark probably two thousand dollars I know it's a hard time right now this is recession you know we're we're going through stuff we can't put food on our table I'm, I'm with you I feel you guys I'm actually looking for other jobs to supplement my um, counseling jobs that disappeared because of recession. So I feel you guys, I know you, but I, if you guys can help fund the ministry, it'd be fantastic just to get me to um, where I'm going in January to help. We're going to a, a sex trafficking area and prophetic evangelism. I love it. So you guys can donate, send it to PayPal, m16ministries at gmail.com. You can reach me on Facebook. A Field Guide to Spiritual Warfare is the Facebook page. There's also an M16 Ministries Facebook page, but I usually um, stay on a Field Guide to Spiritual Warfare because I post all my blogs there. And blogs like this, you can reach me at fieldguide2spiritualwarfare.blogspot.com. Is where I'm going to post this um, this episode today. And also, you can help me out through buying books. I have a Field Guide to Spiritual Warfare. If you guys, um, if you're dealing with a haunting, pick up that book. If you're helping somebody or you want to get into, um, how to learn to bless houses and stuff and dealing with hauntings, a Field Guide to Spiritual Warfare. There is the advanced field guide that deals with more darker stuff, the occult and satanic ritual abuse. And also my book, Cosmology and Demonology in Genesis 1 through 11. If you want to know where I'm talking about the um, Babylon, the divorce of nations, that's in Genesis 11, right? That's in that book, what happened here. And that's why we have the Great Commission, what's going on. It pieces together law of the demonology. I strongly recommend getting that book. You can find these at the website, www a f g number two sw.com it's an acronym for a field guide to spiritual warfare.com www.a number two sw.com and that's where you can find me there and that's it for a wrap I hope you guys um, received your baptism of Holy Spirit or on the road to getting your, your prayer language uh, that's it for today I love you guys you guys are amazing um, have a great time and Be safe out there, and I love you. God bless. Amen.